Well, welcome back to More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. Today we have Ashley Morgan Jackson joining us. And I wish I would have recorded our pre-conversation because it was amazing. So we're going to try and recreate that now. Ashley, tell us about what you do, Proverbs 31, and uh, your aspirations and what you're doing now as you're becoming a writer and author. Yeah, so I work for Proverbs 31 Ministries. I've worked there for about a year and a half now, and I work for the division that is called Compel Writers Training. And so I am the community coordinator, which just means that we have a lot of Facebook groups that we help them join into focus groups, whether they're interested in blog writing or podcasts like this or different aspects of writing. And um, we just encourage them in those things. So I help facilitate that and our leaders. And then I also run our social media side of things. Um, So I do that and um, I'll, I'll, learning at the same time what they're learning like they're learning how to be writers and so i'm encouraging them to you can do it and sometimes i'm i find myself being like you can do it i'm not so sure i can do it but i think you can (laughs) (laughs) so that's a lot of my job is just helping people to continue pursuing their dreams of writing as well that's awesome what a great job and i Proverbs 31, I love and admire uh, that that organization, but many out there may not know, or our listeners may not know what Proverbs 31 is. So can you give us some background on Proverbs 31 and how you got there? Yeah, sure. So it was started, I believe, something like 35 years ago. Um, it was started with Lisa Turkers, if anyone's familiar with her. She's a New York Times bestseller. And she's our president and CEO, and um, they started this ministry for women. And I think it started as a magazine or some kind of online, or actually it was an actual paper product. And then it has morphed into, they have like millions of followers and they do all kinds of different things. And their slogan is um, eradicating biblical poverty. So really helping people understand God's word better and applying it to their lives. So yeah. And oh, the way that I became a part of it was I was looking for a job. I've been a blogger and really, really love social media. (laughs) If you have seen my stuff, then you know that I'm super into it. And um, because of those skills, I I saw a job for Proverbs on Indeed of all things. And I had all of the skills to be able to do that job. And I asked my husband, I was like, do you think I should apply for this? And he was like, why not? And so I did and I got it and we moved here sight unseen and here we are. <laughs> love that. I love the, uh, the big jump there. I, we were talking pre-recording about a little bit about my story and how my wife ended up here in, in a very similar fashion. But you mentioned before we hit record that as this job surfaced, you realized that what you were doing before as a stay-at-home mom and some of the skills you were honing, they happened to just translate perfectly into this role. Tell us more about that. So they were really looking for someone to um, help take over their social media because they had just decided to take that on. And they also needed someone to help with the management of the community. And because I kind of created my own community with my um, social media and I had run Bible studies within my own blog and what have you, I had really 
practiced, I guess, nurturing people within that community. And so I think it was just a combination of being able to do all of those things. And I would also have to be on camera and different things like that, that kind of, it was just all these little things that just, I happened to be able to check the list off, which as we talked about before as well, is just the Lord, right? It's just the Lord opening and matching things and saying, this is the right time and place. I love that the mindset was, oh, I have enough and I'm built for this or I have what it takes because mm. now we're going to get to expose your Enneagram number. Our very <laughs> first Lamar Enneagram type four uh, individualist or romantic on the podcast. And I'm so excited <laughs> that you are our first four on here. And uh, but one of the common struggles for type fours is feeling like they don't have enough or they're missing something. There's a constant struggle mm. for type fours or attention that says, you kind of, you didn't come with all of the pieces or there's something just missing. So to hear the mindset being on the other side of that and knowing that, Hey, no, I do have enough. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do this. (laughs) Had that been a a struggle or something that you had had or continue to uh, wrestle with feeling like you just don't have enough or you're kind of missing something as a, as a type four? Yeah. I think I probably don't even realize that other people don't struggle with that. Like, what do you mean? Mm. You guys don't think like that. (laughs) Um, I definitely always feel like that. And so I think I do a lot of, um, I love understanding myself. I want to get to the bottom of things. I don't want to just live in the patterns that I see within myself. And so I think I've done a lot of work with the Lord. Like, please don't just leave me like this. Let me figure things out. Like I want to grow past you know, and not just be like, well, this is just the way that I am. And um, one of my driving forces in my life is that I won't waste my life. Now, I don't know if that's a four thing or not, but I want to like put it all out on the table. So like, I've always done like kind of risky, like adventurous things. Um, But I also am like, if this is an opportunity, it might not come around again. And let's see what happens. (laughs) You know, let's just jump out into that. So I think I have that side of me as well. So I'm not sure. And you mentioned imposter uh, syndrome. Can you elaborate more on that? Like where did that show up in your life? And and how does that, how is that something you're still fighting today? Well, like for instance, I have all these people that follow me on Instagram and tell me all the time, Oh, this like the Lord really used this to touch me. But I really am like, until I have a book deal, I am not a writer and I will not like qualify myself as a writer. I like, I need this like outside validation, like to like, tell me that this is what is true about me rather than me just like, I don't know, accepting it from the Lord, or I don't know what it is. It feels like they're going to find out I'm faking it. (laughs) I don't, I don't actually know what I'm doing, you know? And then I realized like, actually everyone doesn't know what they're doing. They're just like trying all the time and realizing that like the most successful people have just failed the most often. (laughs) Yes. So I, that's what I'm just trying to realize is like, okay, just keep putting yourself out there. Be brave, take risks. It's okay. If you get found out because nobody knows what they're doing. (laughs) Right. Imposter syndrome is such a common thing. I think that that's something that transcends all of our Enneagram types because it's, (laughs) it's when our success or, um, our accomplishments or who we are starts to transcend beyond who we believe we are. 
Mm. So then it starts to set in like, all right, what's going on? Uh, what, what's, what's uh, well, I'm about to be found out. And I've, I found myself even in the last year uh, in growing my business being in that place as well. So what have you learned about imposter syndrome or have you learned some things that might be useful handles for other people that are, are encountering that? I think just like normalizing it, um, realizing that we all struggle with that. And um, it's not like other people are professionals and you're the only one that's faking it till you make it. Like everybody is kind of just trying things. And so just having that mindset to be like, we're all actual amateurs, but some people just have are further on in the process and have taken bigger risks. And so like not to be afraid to take that next risk. Cause I think sometimes we, subconsciously get ourselves into cycles that feel comfortable because we, if we don't push back past that place that feels comfortable, we're like, Oh, if, if I go into that next phase then I'll really get found out. And so like, just take that risk. I think that makes so much sense because like, you know, hearing, hearing, just kind of bringing it back to the Enneagram of a type four, having those feelings of being inherently flawed. You can think that like, Hey, there's something just wrong with me. And everyone else has their stuff together, you know, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. and I've been in that place too, because, you know, as a type one, my unhealth, my insecurity path leads towards the um, unhealthy characteristics of a type four. So I have those moments mm-hmm. too, of dealing with like, am I the only one that thinks they suck? And you have to realize like, no, like literally every single person out there has their own flaws. So that's, that's so cool that, you know, I think that's such a great tool for people out there to, to recognize is that mm-hmm. if you're feeling some way, you're not alone, right. like you're not alone. And, th- and that's, that's such a great way to make progress. Mm-hmm. This kind of leads into some of the deeper parts of what I wanted to get through on your, on your website. You had talked about battling depression between mm-hmm. five and six years and postpartum depression. Um, would you mind just sharing with your listeners, uh, uh, your journey? Yeah. So I think from what I've learned that force can be you know, susceptible to struggling with depression because we just love our feelings. And I've realized that I actually kind of love the darkness as well. There's something mm. like, <laughs> like an emo kid or something, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to embrace it. If you can't notice, like, I'm trying to be like, this is me. It's okay. Um, but yes, yeah, do. like I didn't know any of that, you know, you know, 11 years ago when it really hit me and I became a new mom. And again, I thought I was just, I guess I'm not cut out to be a mom. I just can't do it. It's just really, really hard. And, um, thankfully the Lord gave me the best husband in the world and he was so supportive and, um, helped me so much at that time. But what I really saw it as, as I look back during that time, I just felt like an awful Christian. I felt Mm. like, all I grew up in a Christian household. I went to a Christian school. I went to church. I, I was the one that had all the right answers, quote unquote, you know, and had all the Bible verses. And I didn't understand why they weren't working. If that made Mm. sense, like this is supposed to be helping me and it's not. Mm. And so I, I realized that there was a discrepancy between what I said I believed and what I actually believed. And it was the pain of that um, season that revealed that to me. And I think it was truly on purpose that the Lord 
let me go through that because I've always felt a call on my life um, to serve and be on mission and whatever it is. I never know what it is exactly. I'm just going with the flow. But um, I always felt like he wanted me to help people and I was going to go help them. And what he, it was like the Isaiah 61, like to bind up the brokenhearted and to speak um, light to those in darkness and bring those in captivity out. And he was mm. like, no, it's not you and them. It's just me and all y'all. Like <laughs> you are that person. And that I needed a savior, not just once when I was six years old, yeah. I needed a savior today and tomorrow and the next day. And Ooh. that's what Jesus was teaching Ooh. me during that. You know? Oh my gosh, you are about to, about to stand yeah, up. About to, you about to, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm about to, you about to bring this whole Zoom conference down if you don't, yes. you don't stop preaching, girl. You better stop. And, and we're so, we're so, uh, we don't shy away from our faith. We embrace that because we know that that's ultimately, you know, what drives everything forward. There's a song by Maverick City Music. The are you familiar with Maverick blood. City? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the blood is still the blood. It mm -hmm. has been one that has just been wrecking me on repeat lately. But I think it's because when we accept the blood of Christ, we understand what that meant for our sins. But mm -hmm. then beyond our sins are our internal struggles or the other things that the blood also covered. Or right. just even beyond that, I was I had a thought this weekend. I almost put it on social. I'm going to have to work with you to work on my social game. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I had this thought that said, like when the blood of Christ transcends just what it did for our sins and what it does for our relationship with him. And when mm. you see the blood as that, that's yeah. when it really starts to take over. And that's what I've been thinking about more and more lately is just that, Hey, the blood, it, it, it's so much more than that. And it provided so much more such so as you're saying, like, I need Christ yesterday, this morning, 15 minutes from now, 30 minutes ago, <laughs> yeah. like, and the blood yeah. still covers all of that. It's yeah. so cool to see, yeah. especially knowing a little bit about your story with depression and understanding, all right, I'm here. And yes, as a four, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't know at it the, at the time. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, But at the same time, knowing, all right, if I'm here, then that means that God has something for me. And uh, there was a friend recently that was going through a very deep, deep, dark time. And uh, I wasn't coaching him because he wasn't paying. He was just a friend. Uh, but I was talking to him about it now saying, well, you have the power of Christ within you. Yes, yes. Okay. You have all the power that, that God promises us when we accepted Christ. Yes. Okay. So if you have all of that power and you're praying and you're going to God with this, and there's no sin that you need to remove from your life, but yet you have all the power to remove it. Doesn't that mean God wants you there? Mm. And it was like, oh, if I can't pray my way out of this, that means God has me here for a reason. Mm. And he's going to let me learn something because I can't help but wonder. And I'd love for you to elaborate on this. If you didn't go through that, would you be where you are right now and empowering the people that you are right now? That's so interesting. Actually, like I was like thinking like as one of your questions was about like the verses, like what, what verse has, you know, stuck with you. And I was going to share this and I was like, that's a weird verse, but now I feel like it's coming back, but there's these verses. I just read them in Psalm 119 and it says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And then in verse 69 or 71, it said, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. And we never think of the things that, that the hard things, we only think of the good, positive, bigger, better things. And I think sometimes the deeper work is the work that actually transforms us. And that is hard. 
it's, it's the refiner's fire and dying. I don't think has ever felt good. And like when Jesus says that, you know, we're going to, you know, walk with him in the resurrection life. Well, the crucifixion always precedes that. Right. So, you know, we have to identify him with that as well. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, do, do you also, have you noticed also a difference in the way that, I mean, cause think about before this phase of, I mean, you, you're always have been into your emotions, but like when you talked about this specific period, um, is there a deeper level of, of empathy that you have for people that are in there that you understand now? Or is, like, how does, how does that, how has that worked out for you? Yeah. I mean, I think when I, like, I'm having some friends help me like, you know, get in some messages that I want to share. And someone was like, you need to write a letter to these people that are in the middle. And just thinking about that makes me want to cry because mm. as someone who has walked with the Lord for a long time, you feel like, does he not love me the same? Did I do mm. something wrong? Am I not one of his favorites? Because you look, you do, you compare to other people and you, yep. think, you know, why, like someone said the analogy, like I have to split the Red Sea, but they get a boat, you know, like <laughs> this doesn't <laughs> seem fair, you know, but that, that whole idea of like the compassion of you, my whole analogy in my brain is that I need to look back to those people about to enter those waters and say, he is faithful. I know it's scary, mm. but he, it's going to be hard but he got me through. Look, I'm on the other side. I made it. It's going to yeah. be hard. It's going to get you there. You know? I love that. I love that. Wow. I cannot wait. Well, one, I'm going to go take a deep dive. I'm very obsessive when I become interested in something. So I'm probably going to take a deep <laughs> dive into your writing thus far, but I cannot wait for you to release a book and officially dub yourself an author or a writer because there's <laughs> so much authenticity in that. And that's one thing that I really do love and enjoy about uh, type fours is that authenticity and not only their authenticity, but one of their strengths is in encouraging others to be authentic mm. and to pull from that deep place, because that's, that's the really where the gold is and in, in who we are and in our personality. So uh, tell us about how you encountered the Enneagram and then just maybe some practical ways that you've used it in your leadership or in your life. So I didn't know much about it. I don't know that I even heard about it until I came to Proverbs and they're all about it. <laughs> they um, use it to help us understand each other within um, our staff. So um, we almost have to be reminded like you're more than your Enneagram number, you know, because we do talk about it so much. Oh, that's an eight thing. Oh, that's a one thing or what have you. So that's how I became, we had to take a test to come on the staff. And so we have it in our like staff documents and all of that. So that's how I learned about it. And we have several fours on our staff as well. And so that's nice to be able to have that to relate to as well. But um, I think just uncovering that, and I usually am the only one in my friends group. And so feeling I, the, the first research that I did on it was like, fours are the worst. We are, you were annoyed by you always crying. And I'm like, I am always crying. I can't stop. I don't know. Why. <laughs> um, but I'm trying, the Lord is helping me work through realizing that, you know, he knows exactly who he's getting when he chooses us. Mm -hmm. And I always go back to Peter with that. Like he was crazy hot mess and Jesus wasn't like, oh no. 
he's crazy. He knew exactly what he was. And he, he's like, I'm going to redeem that and I'm going to use it for my good. And so trying to like offer like this, you made me like this. This is exactly, you weren't confused about my emotions or how I would react to things. And I know I have work to do. I'm not just like going to leave it like that, but how can I give this back to you to, for your glory, for your kingdom, for whatever you want me to do, you know, in this life that you've given me, just help me to do that. So I've been trying, I, I'm an innovator by nature. I'm trying to, I have all these ideas, ideation is one of my strengths and, you know, research. So I'm trying to really implement those things as far as my job is concerned, because I love to just, let's, let's try this, let's do that. And I think that's the creative side of me that wants to be an individual as well. I'm sure sometimes it's annoying to people, but (laughs) yeah, I think, uh, I think every type we've talked about this in the more and more that we just interview or coach different types, every type thinks that their type is the worst, except for eights. I think I was going to say that I was literally going to say that we all feel that same way, except for, and that's their problem. That's why they are the worst. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) But, but no, um, as we were talking about it, we were talking earlier and it's, I've not found a lot of eights that are business owners or leaders or entrepreneurs. I don't think it's because they can't. As a matter of fact, we as True Strategy uh, in Enneagram in business, we're trying to pave a way to show that every person, regardless of their personality type, can be a business owner or an entrepreneur, but they're up against it or it's an uphill climb because society says you need to be this, this, and this, and then you can do that. You need to be aggressive, intense, and need three hours of sleep. That's true for some eights and sevens and threes, but that's not true for everyone else. So I want to break the stigma around different personality types. And I think now we can do that for type fours. What are the strengths that you see um, in entrepreneurship or in being a business owner that type fours possess? Um, I would say, I mean, simply creativity is a huge one. Wanting to be different is a strength because I see what everybody else is doing. And I'm like, how can I do that different? (laughs) I, cause I don't want to be like anybody else. I, I often want to like take something that's working and then make it original in my way. Um, so I think that's something that fours can do. And, um, something that, we have to always work on though, is we want to be individuals, but at the same time, we struggle with feeling misunderstood. So just being continually trying things and being brave, I think, um, just, I, I honestly, I'm still learning about my number. There's all I know is that we're emotional, but I think to like harness the emotions and that helps when you're a writer, because you can, you know, right from that place of emotion. But I don't know, like for other entrepreneurs, how that might be helpful. Yeah. Maybe if you're an artist or something like that. But yeah, I'm not too sure all the ways, but yeah. I don't know. I would love to hear your guys' insights. <laughs> sure. Well, one thing that I see as far as type fours is one, because they have that creative bend when it comes to launching or starting a business and the ideation phase specifically, you either need to create a solution to a problem no one solved, or you need to create a better solution right? There was a solution to needing to get a vehicle to get around. It was called a taxi, but a better solution was Uber. So mm-hmm. there is this, there are all of these ideas here. I think what typically becomes the, um, 
the cap for type fours in actually pursuing that idea is saying that I'm really good at creating the idea or having the dream or having the vision, but I'm not as great at the execution. And then this Mm -hmm. leads into that negative thinking trap for type fours that says, see, I don't have enough. See, Mm -hmm. I'm not enough. See, I don't have what it takes. And then they retreat back and that idea Mm -hmm. never sees life. But that's where I like to help type fours get on the other side of that is by seeing, no, you have the idea. You do not need the strengths to execute on it. You go and find yourself someone that can Mm -hmm. and be okay that they have that skill and you don't because I had a leader in my life who was a type four and he loved having a type eight underneath him when it came to getting stuff done. But our constant tension, and we see this now, we've got to look back on it and laugh. Our constant tension was he wanted me to do those things and wanted me to be successful and carry the team like that. But he didn't like that. It wasn't natural to him. Mm. So he would say, go, 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 go. And then when I'd start going, he'd say, all right, whoa, hold on. This is making me uncomfortable because Mm. it's exposing my insecurities. So I think there's something in that type fours when they can understand the insecurities are going to come. That's okay. That's part of it. Don't let those insecurities keep you harnessed. Let those insecurities drive you towards, all right, maybe I need to go find someone that can do all of these things because I'm the idea person and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the dreamer. You go and execute as long as I get to have the dreams and the ideas. Right. So, but it's all biblical. We need community. We need people around us that can complement our weaknesses um, and also complement our strengths. Mm, And that ultimately everything that we need comes in relationship. Jesus came in the form of a relationship, right? Mm. Everything that we have comes from relationship. So it's the same in business. So hearing that, how does that resonate with you as you uh, step more into your entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, it really does. uh, It does resonate a lot. I have a group of girls and some of them do work at Proverbs with me. And uh, we were just meeting on Sunday. We're talking about our goals and holding each other accountable. And one of them is an eight. And so there's some things that are coming up, you know, through Instagram and stuff. She's like, you just send them to me and I'll take care of it. You know? <laughs> and so I like see like we can help each other, you know, like I can help cast vision or, or like give the inspirational speech or whatever it is. And she can help me just like execute because I really do like I, that's why I say like I appreciate eights because I see the strength that I'm like. I don't know how to do that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you said um, at at Proverbs 31, you have all been just well, like it's, it's something that you guys use all the time. What does that look like in your organization? I think it's more just like interpersonal, but we do. um, I think they do. One of our executives is, um, I think, um, Enneagram coach, even like in her own time, like a life coach. And so she uses that in coaching, um, different people and, and things like that. So I think they do take it into consideration when we're having team dynamics or conflicts or different things like that, how we are interacting with one another. Um, I don't know that it would come into like project management and like higher level, like how things run or how they put teams together necessarily. Um, I don't think anyways. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it sounds like you guys have the open dialogue about it Mm -hmm. quite often. Mm -hmm. How is that? Um, Because a lot of our listeners, we want to encourage them to one, we want to support them in their businesses. And really that's what we would like to create with the Enneagram is having it as a commonly known tool so that way we can just accelerate relationships, accelerate results and and get to it. How has it been working in that culture where there's kind of a general understanding because the Enneagram is so popular there? 
I think it's really helpful. I having an understanding of how people think and function has been very helpful for me to, oh, that's why they do that. It, it's um, almost a compassion for other people that you work with because you expect everyone to think like you do. And then when you realize that there's other people with other personalities and, and then appreciate their strengths for what they bring to the table. And then also when you do have conflict with them, you know, oh, that's that, or uh, they want to go have fun, whatever it is, like you bring all of that knowledge into the equation rather than just being frustrated or what what have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then learning how to leverage again, back to leveraging each other's strengths and Mm -hmm. not seeing that we all need to see it this way or that Mm -hmm. way. It's like, no, we have all of these different perspectives so we can really move forward faster as a team once we understand those. And that's what separates the Enneagram. What I love about it is it speaks to why, why a person does what they do. And it, it alludes to what they do and it shows kind of how they act out externally but that's where the real impact is had is knowing why a person internally does something and not just leaning into uh, the what. So mm-hmm. this has been awesome having you. Before we go, tell us about uh, the first book that you want to write. Maybe give us a little sneak peek or some insight to what that will look like. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out a way to share my depression journey. Um, that's not simply a memoir, but it's more a teaching So my idea at the moment is to kind of use um, Jacob wrestling with the angel or God and going through the process and how how God does take us into seasons of wrestling and what comes out of those seasons and kind of just really talking about like holding on for our faith um, when we're tired of trying. So that's kind of the idea right now. (laughs) Mm. Do you have a title in mind yet? I don't. I, I, I'm so in my head about this stuff as maybe you could guess. So I'm getting the people around me to help me. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was, I mean, when you said tired of trying, like, I don't know, that was just something that like, I, there's something that like really hit me. I'm like, dang, I, sometimes you do really just get tired of trying. <laughs> like, okay. Well, I'm going like to keep that. Keep that <laughs> in your mind as you're thinking through it. Cause that was something that was like really impactful to me. Just that are you tired of trying? But um, as we close out, what, what message do you hope um, to give to our listeners? What form of encouragement do you have for them? I think something that I have been really learning is that the Lord is not more in love with a future, more holy version of yourself. He loves you exactly where you are, because I think we are in love with our future, more holy version, more successful version of ourselves. We're like, when I become that person, that will be the day. And it's really hard. Like, like conceptually, we understand the love of God, but we don't, it's hard to receive the love of God, um, like in our everyday experience. And so I'm trying to figure out ways for that for myself. So I think the message would be like, look for the ways that God is loving you now. Don't be so obsessed for the ways he's not answering you yet. (laughs) Wow. Sheesh. Wow. Mic drop. What a way to end. What a way to end. uh, Yeah. I almost, I almost got the tears on that one. That is so true. Especially when you say that he's not more in love with the later version of ourselves. That's Mm. That's deep. And I think that's something that we all need. I think especially now there's a lot that's happened in the last year and a half or so 
uh, this is like 2020 and a half instead of 2021. And so knowing like, hey, God loves you right where you're at in all of it. I cannot say how much I've loved our time together. Can we have you back on again? Of course. I would love that. <laughs> love it. Phenomenal. And t- so tell people how they can find you. And I believe you started your own podcast as well, correct? Yeah, <laughs> it's hit and miss. But um, my podcast is the name is um, called to build. So I like to talk to other people about what they're called to do and how they came about doing that. Um, and then you can find me at ashleymorganjackson.com, which is my website. And I'm mostly on Instagram and that's at ashley.morgan.jackson. You want to follow her on Instagram and visit her website. She has just amazing content, consistent content. Like I said, I'm going to have to get with you to, to, to learn that side of things, but thank you so much. Yes, this was a great conversation and I hope that you all enjoyed it as well. If you want to engage with us, you can email us directly info at truestrategy.info. If you're ready for us to join you on your journey and building your leadership and building your teams, then we want to work with you. But if you want to get exposed to the Enneagram and find your type, maybe some other type fours out there, you can visit our website, truestrategy.info. Hit take the assessment, that tab at the top, you'll learn all about that. And we just can't wait to continue to help you grow on your journey. Thank you all for joining us.